1: and happy new year (laughs) you got in there before i could hi olivia and happy new year to all of the listeners um hope you have had a lovely start to 2021 despite the shit circumstances but first of all welcome to the polyester podcast i'm ione and i'm the founder and editor-in-chief of polyester online in print and everywhere else
2: and i'm olivia the co-host producer and editor of the podcast we publish weekly episodes with the Sleepover Club one week and Obsessions the next.
1: This week, it's the Obsessions episode where we talk to a person we admire about something they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with how they generate their income.
2: And next week is the Sleepover Club where Ione and I have all those gorge conversations you'd usually have with your girlmates at a sleepover. And at the end, there's three recommendations to get you through lockdown.
1: Which we are back in again in the UK at least. Yeah. I just
2: don't have the stamina to say those long sentences anymore.
1: Yeah, poor Olivia is feeling under the weather. <laughs> Nothing to add? <laughs> I'm fine. I don't want to make it about me. No, you're allowed. Yeah, Olivia's under the weather. I haven't slept because of lockdown anxiety. So we're doing really well over here, guys. Yeah, How <laughs> how is everyone else? How's your start to 2021? Ours is fucking shit. Um apart from this new episode, which I'm really excited about, is obviously recorded before Christmas, but I'm really excited to be putting it out now.
2: It was also recorded when I was like peak Christmas busy. I think that's what I'm feeling now is like the repercussions of a busy December, but I'm not in the interview. So I edited sit today and heard it for the first time and it's so good. It's also Thanks, just Olivia. so nice to hear you like love someone obviously like I hear you love me all the time <laughs> but it's really nice that you're just like well the interview's really good and every time that I like laugh or I'm like yeah you're like laughing and then you're like
1: yeah <laughs> we're just so in sync so before we get into our guest you have a obsession a January first week of January obsession
2: uh, I think I've just gotten back into playing guitar actually I think that um when when it's just, like, a nice, slow thing. You know, do you, have you ever heard that theory of, like, the beats per minute that, like, assimilate your the heartbeat of your mum and, like, it soothes you? Well, I'm giving half a piece of information here because <laughs> I don't know the full story. But um, apparently, like, repetitive tasks can, like, assimilate that, like, relaxation. And sometimes, it's sometimes helpful, I think, with sleep. But I'm just finding that quite nice, actually. Just going over the same chords again and again. Which I mean, that's nice. It's uh, yeah. Thanks for saying it's a nice obsession. Where we all know it's pretty boring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not boring. I mean, I think you know your execution could have been a bit more lively, but (laughs) first week of January, so it's fine. Yeah.
2: And what about you, babe? Have you got any obsessions?
1: probably loads because i feel like we've compound, I've compounded like three weeks of being like i'm obsessed with this i'm obsessed with that and then of course i've forgotten about it all as soon as we have come to record
2: i'm obsessed with how much we do this every time i know i mean i didn't expect the question this time so i just i, I can see my guitar so i just
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've been obsessed with um bridgerton on netflix oh yeah Yeah, which is fucking sick. Absolutely love it. Great bit of trash we need at the beginning of this year, in my opinion. Yeah, it was helpful. Which I suppose segues us quite nicely in because Bridgerton is a period drama. And our guest this week, Autumn DeWild, directed a period film. She directed Emma, which was her first feature film. Autumn is also a legendary photographer, music photographer, fashion photographer, my personal faves of Autumns are the fact that she's worked with Rodarte for the entire of Rodarte's existence and they are some of my favourite clothes in the entire world but Emma, I re-watched Emma over Christmas to get hyped for this episode and oh my god it's just so good, I would definitely recommend watching that as well especially if you've just watched Bridgerton and you feel like you need more in your life yeah yeah yeah
2: it's funny that when you you're like i really love that thing but i just need more of it
1: (laughs) that's me with everything (laughs) yeah yeah literally
2: um what film did i oh yeah i watched recently i don't want to give a spoiler actually maybe i'll just say it and we can decide but i recently watched soul and they're basically talking about obsessions and they're like obsessions are great like they get you in the zone but maybe if you get too obsessed then you just become like a shell of a human. And I felt my housemate look at me. You know, like They came for us. Have you seen
1: it? Yeah. You didn't reply to my text the other day. You were like, oh, I watched Soul yesterday. And I was like, same. And then it was Crickets from you. I was like, wow, thanks, Olivia. Discourse <laughs> over. Yeah, I've watched it.
2: Crickets from you. I thought it was
1: really good. Um, it's good. I preferred Inside Out. But I feel like I have really high expectations because yeah. I love Inside Out so much, and everyone was like, "So we'll make yeah. you reevaluate your life or whatever." Blah blah blah. But um, anyway, back on course and kind of going with what you just said, autumn, autumn's obsession is obsessions, which I think is so great, which is stunning, because also the conversation so, like so didn't really go where I was expecting it to, which I thought was really interesting, like the way she articulated about basically like using obsessions as a tool to figure out the world and yourself was so interesting in this kind of abstract way but also like really concrete way definitely resonated with me loads and the way that she has used obsessions to kind of ground herself at various points in her life and through various times in her life when she needed it I thought was really like interesting.
2: Yeah. I, I, I basically could talk forever about how interesting the interview is, but I'm conscious that it's just good to listen to. All right, let's go. Let's
1: go. So when was the first time you remember being obsessed with something and what was it? Oh, okay.
3: First time? Ooh. Well, I don't know if this was the first time, but I was convinced for many years. In fact, I might still be convinced that I had the superpower to close my eyes at night and open them right away and it would be daytime. <laughs> but I have this very distinct memory of being, yeah, being young and really focusing on the window. I'm going to make it turn into daytime. And I like, Closed my eyes, opened, and it was. Now, that was probably me falling asleep quickly from the sheer <laughs> power I was trying to use in my brain. Um, I was very obsessed with discovering a superpower. Like, oh, I didn't know I had that, you know, or there's a lot of fairy tales too, where like, you know, someone didn't know she was a fairy. I've read one when I was young where uh this fairy was like well, you're a fairy and no, I'm not. I'm a normal girl. Like, well, can you kiss your elbow? Sure. Anyone can. And she's like, no, only fairies can. (laughs) And I was of course like, you know, in my bed, like for hours trying to (laughs) kiss my elbow. Yeah. Trying to kiss your elbow. (laughs) And I was also really into this show called ISIS, which was like, so there was wonder woman, which was a huge TV show. I think even someone your age would know that it was like, you know, I mean, Google search her outfits, Linda Carter, so good. But um, then, of course, that was so popular that they had to make another one, and that was Isis. And I was so obsessed with it because she was like, just like the Clark Kent Superman thing, Wonder Woman, you know. So her normal dress was, of course, nerdy glasses, like, you know, librarian vibes. And then she'd like, you know, there's danger afoot. She'd go in privacy. And she would go instead of spinning like Wonder Woman, she would put her arms up in the air and she would go, "Oh mighty ice, 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 ice!" <laughs> and then she would t- like suddenly go through this the sky in a toga, you know, in some gold, you know, Egyptian cultural appropriation kind of thing or whatever <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, and uh, and I was so obsessed with that that I had a rose necklace for lack of any other medallion, you know, hers was more impressive. And so I remember I was looking for signs always as a child and my ears started ringing and I was like, hang on, that might be a sign. Has anyone ever tried doing something, you know, spectacular when their ears were ringing? Maybe all this time we've all been ignoring it. So I went, we were in a public park and I went behind the bathrooms hid made sure no one was around I touched my rose necklace and I went Almighty oh, Rose, rose 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing needless to say I was a mere mortal
1: what would you say is like the biggest obsession of your life
3: uh people my muses you know uh they I collect them I suppose um uh, that sounds gross but I think my biggest obsession is probably, you know, human related. Um, I I think that a lot of times when I was younger, I think I probably thought I was in love with a lot more people than I did. I was probably my obsession with this muse that had appeared. You know, I had ideas that only came to me when I looked at them. You know, this was obviously probably why photography grabbed me. Early,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so I would I was I wanted to be a ballet dancer when I was young. So I, w- I was obsessed with that. Like I had all of these, upset obs- I had all these obsessive things I had to do. I had to take my shoes off in fifth position and things that I haven't talked about until recently. I always had to put my right foot on the first stair. <laughs> um, you know, there was like this. It was exhausting just being me. You know, as a as a <laughs> junior high and I think that that was my first broken heart you know and and that was I think that that was an obsession with success with self you know because ballet is so unnatural um and and you have to push through the pain there's a lot of discipline and I just I loved it and I wanted to be a dancer more than anything thank god we don't get all our wishes when we're young (laughs) because I still love ballet very much but you know I'm not sure I would have had, uh, you know, it's, it wasn't, it wouldn't have been where my happiness w- would have lied mm-hmm. as a human, and I, I, and but I love it, and it gave me so much. I think that what happened was that my obsession and the rules it took to succeed in my mind when I took pictures because it was a thing that we did in our family because my dad was a photographer. We just ever we took pictures of our friends. That was what it was an important thing that we did. So I was, I was not pursuing it. And through, I went to drama school, same thing, obsession with self, uh, discipline and, and becoming the thing that, you know, the character or or getting that role or, or solving that problem, you know, or changing the way my body moves, all of this was valuable. But when I took pictures, my obsession was on someone else. Mm -hmm. And that is actually better acting. You know, I think like, I think I started taking more pictures while I was studying in drama school, I think because I started to realize how important it was to be obsessed with something outside yourself. You know, I'm six foot two. And at that time, I looked like olive oil, which I know to some people, you know, they, uh, that's what they're uh, unfortunately fighting for. But you know that when you're, When you have no choice to to be like a piece of spaghetti, it has its own set of problems and there's its own Mm -hmm. own kind of bullying. and, And then I was towering above all the boys, you know, and stuff. So in that time period, I think I really wanted to not be obsessed with myself. I didn't want to think about whether someone was staring at me because I was a freak or whether they thought I was hot whether they thought I was a freak or whether I was in their way, I was exhausted by the time I was 19. And I think I, I had this epiphany. I want to think less about what people think about me and notice more about what's going on around me. And photography was something that that was immediately, my mind was not on me as a performer, but on on the beauty of the people I loved or the things I was fascinated or something that I could just study and then I was able to release myself of the camera that was always on me in my mind. I think that's so interesting. And like, it
1: definitely can resonate with that in terms of like starting polyester or whatever. It definitely a similar thing in terms of like, not wanting to think about yourself. So becoming so obsessed with other things that they like take over your mind. And then you can just funnel all of that energy. Yeah. I think I still get that now, like quite a lot. But it seems like obsession as a subject, like overall is something we so often, yeah, like relate to youth, but also like girlishness or something that you kind of get over when you get into like your adulthood? Yeah,
3: or that it's a bad side of you. It's not. It's just that it could be an, over, an overworked muscle if it's always centered on yourself, you know, and um, I, I'll just use photography as an example. A photo of someone, no matter how they look, if it looks like they're thinking about themselves, it is just simply not as attractive no matter what they look like and that's that thing where you feel you don't know why you don't like a photo i have always felt that it's you know even if it's someone that's considered the most beautiful blah 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 you know whatever that is you know and if it doesn't feel like they're looking at you you know or that they're seeing something outside themselves if it feels like they're looking in the mirror and thinking about themselves and guarding themselves that's not attractive and and i think you know a lot of obsession with presenting the best part of yourself is not as productive as obsession with watching, looking, listening, you know, I, I was a real nerd about this cause I was kind of obsessed with it. You know, the thing is, is like, you can, you think you can change your body, but when you're six foot two, you can't get shorter. Mm-hmm. So I, as a survival technique, I had this epiphany. I'm like, I'm not going to hide it because if I do that, will be the It'll be the death of me, mm-hmm. you know, but I can't make myself shorter. So I had to find a confidence that wasn't there. And then I realized how vain it was to always think about what someone might think of me. But that doesn't mean it's easy. I'm not saying this was a long process and and, and I, it creeps up on me and comes back. And there's something beautiful about that. I think insecurity is also a powerful part of the circle. It's just not staying mm-hmm. there, you know, feeling like nothing is sometimes a really important part of building up and feeling powerful if you don't get the humble circle back to feeling like nothing you don't have to despise yourself but it's okay to feel like you're invisible and you have to build from something that that, I think that's a circle not a straight line right and I suppose that's where
1: people can like so often like go back to obsession being a negative thing because it's like if you're obsessed with yourself or like being perceived then that's that's like kind of like a spiral that's very hard to unwind yourself from whereas like another way of looking at obsession can be linked to like yeah doing stuff you want to do and productivity and looking at the world in ways that make you like look very intricately or in great depth and great detail but yeah I suppose it's like when anything that's done in like a negative way can go into a negative thing
3: yeah it's sort of like breaking up with someone and tearing their photo out by doing that, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes that's a ceremony you need to do. But I can't do that because I'm a photographer. I'm a, I document life, right? <laughs> I, I have, I live with everyone that's broken my heart or betrayed me or, or gave me incredible love and I lost or, or still alive and thriving and, and things are different now. You know, I. I recycle through all these stories because I'm a librarian of those memories. I'm responsible for them. And it takes a lot of practice to not feel buried by it, to not let mm. resentment affect your opinion of those photos. So by constantly reviewing the things that were wonderful about a painful moment, you're remembering it not so black and white. and I think for every uh, horrible moment, there is a beautiful moment that's important to remember, too, in that, you know, like I said earlier, if we were in charge of our wishes, we would be truly, truly screwed, you know. Like, if you think about <laughs> all the wishes you had when you were young, like, and, you know, some of them maybe you wish you you know came true but some of them like you would have been so royally fucked if they came true you know you can't Mm -hmm. have that perspective until later yeah yeah, yeah. so I like the time travel aspect of of going through pain and self-loathing and and uh and and also when you're looking outside yourself you're noticing other people in pain instead of just yourself
1: yeah because I feel like when you are in pain that is such like it can be such a selfish emotion in that way that you are just thinking about your pain and like, just even like a week or a month or a year. And then you're suddenly like, Oh wait, like <laughs> I shouldn't have just been like so wrapped up in it. Like they were probably having a shit time too. Or like, yeah, I wasn't the nicest in that way. And yeah, I think that's definitely important.
3: And there's a lot of different, you know, areas you can control and areas you can't control depending on how your chemistry works. But, you know, if you can, I think the more, you remember about something that's not just the persecution, not just the, it just, we're so creative. We can really write our own stories in a, in a situation. And I actually was just talking about this because in Emma, you know, there's the story that was written, the words, and then there was the story of what's not being said. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what makes things feel real. And like, how do you know that someone's not being an asshole just because they have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they, they just, whatever, they don't like to go to the bathroom anywhere but home. And they're, they're acting like a total dick, you know, and there's so many reasons why someone could be a jerk to you. And sometimes you have to just go, I think it's kind of none of my business why they're being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like also not about, Yeah. And it's also really healthy to go, did I help that to be bad? Okay, look at that. Not like, am I worthless? Am I stupid? All that shit is just such a waste of energy and, and it will always haunt us and we have to keep looking at it like, it's just not detailed enough. I'm worthless Mm -hmm. it's just not there's not enough details in that you know (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly it like offers you no interrogation it's just like okay well that's it then I can't do
3: anything about that yeah (laughs) and and maybe sometimes that is like the break that you need like this day is shit I give up you know I guess it's just it's just about pacing everything it's like thinking of all of these parts of ourselves as muscles and not overworking one of them. So the other one's so weak, it can never rise up, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, that's how I, yeah. So I became very obsessed in my early, this is a long tangent, but, uh, what I did was say. So, so in this time in the night, early nineties, you could still smoke in bars. Right. And I was really pissed off that I couldn't sit in a bar alone without looking lonely. I was like, why does a guy, how come a guy sitting at a bar smoking looks like he's thinking? And if I'm, I wasn't a smoker, but if I'm sitting at a bar, even if I'm smoking, I look lonely. Miss lonely hearts, desperate, you know? And I was like, this is bullshit. So I started practicing. I'm such a nerd. I started practicing going to bars alone, where usually where I knew a bartender, because as we all know, there's so many risks that women unfortunately have to suffer. So anyway, I started, um, I started practicing going to this one bar and uh alone because I felt so lonely all the time. I was just obsessed with my loneliness, you know, and I, it bothered me how much, how distracting it was. And so I was just like, I need to. I'm. How come these guys, like these poets I love and these musicians, how come they love being alone so much? I I need. I must need to practice. So I did. I practiced being lonely, and uh, I didn't smoke. So I started drawing on matchbooks and napkins, and I just planted myself there. And every time someone walked in, like everyone else, I would turn around and look. And then I did that so many times. I. I looked around and realized that, you know, when you walk in a bar or restaurant and you feel like everyone thinks you're ugly or everyone thinks you're too tall, everyone thinks you're too big, or you're not pretty enough, or you're lame, all that shit, all those people, after seeing over and over them looking, I saw how many times they looked insecure after that moment. And I'm like, they're all thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you when you walk in, (laughs) you know? And it's like, it's actually kind of incredible that you could give credit to a whole room of people to actually think about you and not themselves for five seconds, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. It was
3: very beneficial.
1: I was listening to, okay, this is kind of lame, but I was listening to that song by Desire that was in the Drive soundtrack. Do you remember it? It was called like Under Your Spell. And I suppose it is kind of about obsession. I don't know why I was listening to it today, but one of the lyrics was like, do you know the difference between obsession, love and desire? So my question is to you, what is the difference between obsession, love and desire?
3: Okay, here's the thing. Nobody knows. That's the beauty (laughs) of it. No matter how smart you think you are, no matter how much experience you have. And this is where people start acting crazy when they get older, is because they're like, I should know by now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's amazing. I like, you know, and 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 no one can help you through it. I mean, yeah, you could talk about it and you could, one person's like, oh, he doesn't, that's not, you deserve better or, you know, or, but there's some people that I, okay. So because what I do, my career, I, I depend on muses. I really respect them. Like, so even the people that hurt me or broke my heart, I respect the ideas that, that were born from that. And that was my true independence was that I wouldn't always know that it was it's very important to allow yourself to be foolish there is a very fine line between stalking someone and being passionate and exciting (laughs) (laughs) you know like (laughs) I don't know you know and and uh I think like there were a lot of times in my life that I, I I created the most romantic situation of all time and then a week later it didn't work. Now I could have been like I'm a fool for doing that, but I think I'm I'm so weird that I was like that was an amazing first kiss. I I I nailed that one. You know, <laughs> not like I got that guy. I'm like why do we always have to be so so focused on hooking and keeping? You know, some people are there for you to discover a magnificent first moment, right? And and a lot of people with for the fear of being the fool for the fear of trying too hard for the fear of showing their cards really blow the uh, the maybe the mo- only romantic moment they'll ever have with this person you know it's the beginning now this is why I think those guys or girls anyone like you know or straight anyone that's supposed to be bad for you it's not like you have a bad picker is that they have the confidence to just go for it right? To weave the romance. When you're like, when your whole life is like, I'm scared. Are you scared? Yeah, I'm scared too. Let's go slow, right? And then you meet someone who's like, I'm not scared. Let's do this, right? Because they're not afraid to break up with you. (laughs) Because they're not afraid to leave you. So I started talking with my friends, some of the musician friends that we have this ongoing like love line, you know, advice (laughs) thing that where I, I'm, it's my role in their life, I think, you know, and I, I was like you know sometimes sometimes you might be really blowing the greatest first kiss with all this caution mm-hmm. and that you know and I think you need to practice I've told them you need to practice a graceful exit not staying friends not being the best friend but when you know it's time to go you say it you're not lying you're not wasting their time you know in my later years I started to really think back on the people who dumped me and I'm like, you know, that's a beautiful thing. They let me go. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was with someone who was living a double life and lying to keep me and to keep the other life they were living, it's so much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something beautiful about someone saying this is over and, you're, and then you get to cry and be sad, you know. And then, you know, I think, but preventing that from happening is a weird slowing down of time. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to know, you know. I think like what was so obsessive about me and probably for some guys, they loved it. Some guys, it scared them. That doesn't mean it was wrong. It might've been wrong for that person. I read the room wrong, you know, but it's also, it made me who I am. Like I'm so obsessed with love and being in love Mm -hmm. and I'm so obsessed with people. So, you know, if I photograph, um if i photograph a guy that i think is amazing i'm in love if i photograph a woman that i think is amazing i'm in love you know and i protect them forever because they're my muses
0: hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
1: And now you can say what you think.
2: I just love that. I even just love like, like remembering how you dealt with obsession when you were younger and how there was just like so much more magic to it. Mm. Like not saying there isn't magic to obsession. I think like obsessions in itself are like magic, aren't they? They're like other world. They literally take you to a different place entirely. So I thought, just thought that was so good to like think about being a childhood and, and childhood obs- obsessions and also how like, what obsessions you still have as an adult and how they're like maybe a bit different than when you were a kid and how that like, how your approach to that obsession changes and how... That obsession changes your approach to it. Oh God, I've gone off on one (laughs) ear. No, I
1: know what you mean. Yeah, I definitely agree. But yeah, thank you so much, Autumn, for coming on. Thank you, Autumn. And that's it. Next week we will be doing sleepover club. Yeah. God, everything's going back to normal, isn't it? (laughs) 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 Thank God. I'm sorry. I'm
2: just like slowed. I'm 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 obsessed with slowing down. Like it's it's like mad. I'm like. I don't think that I've slowed down in the first lockdown because it was so intense. Yeah. Whereas this time I'm like,
1: poor. okay.
2: And I'm reading a really slow book. Maybe that's helping.
1: I feel like because the weather is bad as well. You know what I mean? And like the days are so short, everything just feels very like, yeah, my inclination is also to slow down, but I also have loads of work to do, so that's not going to work in my favour. But anyway, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Ione. And thank you to the listeners and to Autumn again, and also to Cecily, Autumn's agent, for helping us set this up, and to Veronica, who also mm-hmm. helped set this up, and to Clarissa, and to, and to Jacob, and to Gina, Gina and Colin, and Hattie and Camille and Charlotte. We will see you all in seven days. Bye. Bye.